0: That's O S E A Malibu.com code GLOW.
1: FM 104 Sunday Night Live with Louise
2: Ty. FM one oh four is Sunday Night Live and I'm joined by David Keenan. Hello, how are you?
3: Hey Louise, thanks for having me on.
2: Thank you for chatting. So every week we ask a musician about the first gig they ever went to. What was yours?
3: Well, like two thousand and six, two thousand and seven was around the time where I started, you know, listening to music that Mm -hmm. was Happening outside of the home, you know, beyond the parents' record collection and, um, you know, music that was played in the car, from the charts. Mm-hmm. And Like, my uncle brought me to see Arvo part in St. Patrick's Cathedral in Dundalk in gorgeous. Mm-hmm. I was too young to appreciate that. And I saw Jinx Lennon in 07 for the first time in the Spirit Store. got into Damien Dempsey. And... Mm-hmm. Um, saw the Arctic Monkeys in, in Malahi Castle, and I'm not sure which one came first, but my father got free tickets to the Rolling Stones in Slane <gasps> in 2007. So I was 13 years old, and it was... I mean, the, the Jinx Selling gig probably had, had a bigger impact on me, but in terms of the event,
1: yeah.
3: Rolling Stones and Slane, because I was just back from Liverpool, my, my grandfather and my uncle had brought me, bought me my first leather jacket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was doing a part-time job, and I had... I bought a pair of welly boots for Slane. It all happened really fast. The guy in the bar said to me, Dad, like, look, I've retired from the brewery and they've given me tickets to this gig if you just want to go. So we all decided on the, the spur of the moment to go to Slane. And um, we ended up driving on on the grounds. I don't know how my father got to, got got onto the grounds. It was true, a friend of a friend. But we were driving up a lane as all the crowd were walking in and I had this brown leather jacket on on the back with a hood on it. And my father shouted at the window, we've got Mick Jagger here in the back. Oh, stop. <laughs> and people started rocking the car. I had the hood down over my head and it was just just wild, you know, watching watching them. Um, I mean, just an event. Yeah. You know?
2: And just Whatever. how the crowds react to people like that as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, there seemed to be, like, really old men back then. Back, mm. What's that, 15 years ago or something, you know, so. But 2006, 2007, I started going to gigs. When I was twelve, thirteen. Mm-hmm. I started forming my own, my own tastes. You know, like listening to, uh, listening to Nick Cave and getting into Jinx Lennon, and Damien Dempsey. You know, really profound. Like that time for me, I started singing
2: storytellers yeah. as well. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I started, I started kind of singing my own, my own accent. And um, the thing about Jinx Lennon was, and, and and Damien, it was, it seemed like. I could do that, you know, I could do that with three chords. Mm-hmm. So they allowed me in to start, give me permission to start doing it my own way. And um, and yeah, the Arctic Monkeys in Malahide. I remember the drummer was wearing a Spider-Man uh, costume and, and somebody hit him with a Snickers
2: oh, from the
1: crowd
3: and the gig was stopped. And, <gasps> but to be a part of like a big mass of people yeah. as well for yeah. the first time was, it had a, it had a big effect.
2: It would do. At that point, had you started in music yet yourself?
3: Yeah, I remember. Um, I mean, I always sang. Like, I, I mean, my my first kind of gig was singing with with a local songwriter called Stuart Agnew in the Spirit Store when I was eleven. Mm-hmm. He, he he asked me up to sing a song. Um, in terms of performing, but uh, I was writing like from the age of nine or ten. But I didn't know there were songs. and I didn't mm-hmm. know what to wear, you know. And then I got into a band when I was. Uh, 13, that year, 2006. We we'll were called the Innocents. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. The irony, you know. <laughs> we very, very, very innocent. But uh, around that time, and then this guy walked onto the school bus and he had a pair of cowboy boots on. And he was a first year and I was a second year. And I couldn't believe the balls on him to do that because I grew up in this rural, you know, village and then in Dock. So you were liable to get a, a kick in for wearing those boots. and He got me onto. Like uh, Talking Heads and, and mm-hmm. Blondie and the Libertines and the Sex Pistols and stuff, you know. So it's funny how people just come into your life at the right time. But I, I was, I was looking to, I was looking to for for things for music and stories with more depth than mm-hmm. you know simply red that was being played at home.
2: <laughs> you got lots of inspiration from all different areas, didn't you, at that stage?
3: Yeah, yeah. I That's mean, great. like it was, my, my granny, um and my uncle were big big readers and big, big, inter, big into writing and mm-hmm. big, big into reading the, the newspaper from cover to cover and very tactile thing like that. You know, like as a kid, you want to you want to be a grown-up and drink, you know, mm-hmm. black tea and...
2: Uh, <laughs> read the paper and...
3: Yeah, my granny <laughs> was sitting in a plume of cigarette smoke and read and it was just, <laughs> just very appealing, you know, and there was yeah. a safety in it. and And so I suppose I was looking to... You know, get rid of all that, that kind of angst as well, and then the music really helps. You know, as a young man, mm-hmm. uh, it's funny. You know, I'm back at that point now. It's I've actually recorded a song recently that um, I started writing when I was like 16. Wow! And i uh, and it's angry and it's kind of primitive. And mm. I'm back at that at that point again. And I think I'm back there because I I lost that kind of freedom for a few years. You get distracted with other things and, so
2: true. Yeah.
3: And and now I'm back at that place just making music and writing songs for, for enjoyment and for for expression and um, that's the most important thing, you know, so
2: what's it like looking back at a song that was written when you were sixteen?
3: Well, I suppose you, you kinda of, I'd been there at the time I was like, oh, that's nothing but mm. and then and then you become, you know, I kind of grew into these different things and mm-hmm. When I started releasing music and it was more, it was more acoustic kind of folk. Maybe I felt I had to stick, stay, stay there for 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 a while. Whereas my, I picked up like the electric guitar first, you know, and then the acoustic guitar when when I saved up to buy one of them. But mm-hmm. I suppose you get a different insight. But this song starts at me like screaming. I'm going back to the pavement where I belong, and then. I wrote a part at the end of it, which is in a different time signature, where it's me commenting on the start of it, saying, you know, like, looking back now, all that, all that anger was necessary. You know, mm-hmm. I was looking for an outlet. You know, so it's, it's amazing, like a bit of, a bit of hindsight and um, perspective. But, you know, that song, that song, I didn't write it down anywhere. It just stayed in my consciousness for, oh, you well. know, ten, ten, twelve years. You know, and that's the, the magic of music. It, It stays in this part of the brain, part of the mind, Mm -hmm. part of the soul that um, it, it exists beyond like time, you know, so.
2: Absolutely. And I love that actually that you you're kind of looking backwards as well onto these songs because it is essentially a journey that we're all on. I know it sounds kind of extreme, but it is. It's kind of this journey. And you do realize when you're a bit older, kind of what you meant when you were saying certain things when you were younger, so it is. It's very interesting to to think about it now.
3: Yeah, for sure. No, it is. A, it is a journey, like you mm. know, and uh, things like that can be can be sneered at. But like, it is. You know, there's yeah. one day we're, we're, it's not going to wake up. You know, and it's like, 100%. what are you? Gonna want? No, but let's, well, it's that's. It's true. The it is true. It. Yeah. No, it's the reality of it, and I think <laughs> if I think the more we kind of deny that fact, mm. the more we we run away into other things and, you know, just bury that, rea- bury that reality rather than going, it's all we have is today and uh, to, to, to... To
2: enjoy it and...
3: Well, to live it, as, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah.
3: It's not to live in next week, you know. Yeah. I'm guilty of that as well, but, you know, it's amazing to be able to do that in music, to, to get that scope of kind of all the different versions of, of who I was and, mm-hmm. and then to be able to... To put out new music, which is which is which is brand new and uh, which is very exciting. I'm doing this thing with with the band at the moment, which is a record, and then I'm doing this other thing, this other project, which is just me and that crudeness again with the electric guitar. So mm-hmm. I'm having a lot of fun. and I'm just grateful that I've, you know the gigs are flowing in again.
2: Yeah, which is brilliant. Yeah, and I hear you got a new gigging band, which must be interesting to, to work with new people.
3: It is, yeah. Mm. We were saying we played Galway Arts Festival there the other night, and we said it's it's a year since we actually went into a rehearsal room together for the first time, and there's been a couple of changes in the lineup since people have come in and some mm-hmm. people have left, and just finding the balance. It takes time to to build that chemistry. Um, hundred percent, yeah,
2: hundred percent.
3: Um, it's it's never been better from my perspective in terms of that freedom. Like I used to go and see bands like. I did a tour with Hollow Flowers when I was about 23.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I went on this bus around the UK. And I used to see them just like playing for three hours.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And the songs would be stretched and they'd be just so free. And I was like, wow, that's 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 kind of what I want to, that's
2: how to do be it. able to do with a group of people. Mm-hmm.
3: And it takes time and it starts from you first. But the gig in Galway the other night was really structured. And then it was totally loose and... and mm-hmm. uh, it's just, about, it's just about freedom, isn't it? Music makes me feel free, so it's great to be able to get a, get some momentum again.
2: Absolutely. Tell us about the new single, Semi-Delinquent.
3: Well, that was one of the songs. It's kind of a bigger band sound. There's, mm-hmm. there's some trumpet in it, and we did it with Gav Glass and uh, Cora is in his new studio. Gavin McCord is produced the Beginner's Guide to Bravery,
1: mm-hmm.
3: and I hadn't seen him in a couple of years, and I just went down with the intention of putting down all these new songs that were in my head. So I wanted a I wanted a big band sound to come out of the traps first, because it's it's a different sound. I mean, it's, it's got a more soulful kind of um, you know personality that song. And mm-hmm. it is in terms of in terms of lyrics, it's it's just about it's about being on the run. <laughs> it really, with would, would, uh, with one of those kind of relationships, you know that that kind of uh, attractive dysfunction in a relationship in the early days of it and, and the chase, I suppose, you know. Yeah. But, um, but I think uh, going on from my second album to semi-delinquent, you can hear the shift. And I always, mm-hmm. want, I always want to be changing things up because it's interesting then for me instead of just repeating myself, every song sounds the same, saying the same old thing, you know, mm-hmm. that's just death, you know.
2: It's good, and I love the song. What else is, is coming in the near future for you? Have you more gigs coming up?
3: Yeah, we're going to we're going to Holland to play Lowlands Festival uh, in August and just talking during the picnic.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: then um, I'm going on a six-week tour through Europe with Counting Crows. Like
2: Wonderful. That.
3: So um, it's just going to be a great chance to get new songs played to a lot of people because obviously after two years of inactivity and i released two albums that essentially i couldn't tour because yeah. of covid so the more gigging the better i'm a, I'm a touring musician you know mm-hmm. I always
2: will you enjoy it that way
3: yeah it's yeah that's that's where, you, that's where you do the most uh the most work you know it's just getting in front of people playing your craft and uh you know hopefully turning some people on to, to the new music
2: Absolutely. David, thank you so much for joining us because I know you're busy with festivals and getting ready for gigs and things. So appreciate your oh, time.
3: Pleasure. Pleasure. Thanks for taking me there in memory lane.
2: <laughs> no bother at all. Anytime. <laughs>
3: <laughs> FM World Sunday Night Live with Louise
1: Thai.